from the author of the book by the same name. It's the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast with Mark McRae. Welcome back, everyone, to the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. I'm Dan Klink uh, with your host, Mark McRae, and this is episode two of A Tiny Trend. So, uh, yeah, I believe we left off with The Smurfs. The uh, Smurfs really did its thing performance-wise. The series premiered in 1981, and it went all the way to 1989, and is considered NBC's last hurrah in the Saturday morning space, because in 1992, NBC would drop out of the Saturday morning game altogether. Right. No more, uh, no more Saturday morning, right. morning cartoons on NBC. Right. Yeah, they decided to go with a different strategy. They came up with a Saturday morning version of the Today Show. Right. And from a network perspective, they could probably charge a higher advertising rate having a Saturday morning version of the Today Show run a couple of hours on Saturday morning. Right. And that could also align with sports and other live action events. Right. You know, it was kind of cool, though, that the Smurfs had a pretty good run. And then, of course, they went into syndication, ended up on Cartoon Network later, and then moved over to Boomerang. So it's had a pretty strong legacy. And, of course, the big theatrical movies came out much later, and the Smurfs is really considered a wonderful evergreen brand. Right. Well, they're a, they're also, a staple now. They're they're a part of our mm-hmm. they're within our cultural lexicon. You know, they're 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 kind of they're they're woven in now. I agree. And you know, they also put the other networks on alert that little small cutesy characters are the thing, and yep. and created a lot of shows that had. Similar characters. And in between the Smurfs run on NBC, you had the Littles right. that showed up in 1983. Uh, we talked about the Littles oh, earlier. Back, you know, the, back, back to the Littles. It, this ran on the competing network 19, in 1983, Deke Enterprises, which we talked about earlier. Right. Their business strategy was to look for existing properties. I really believe there would not be a Littles cartoon if the Smurfs had not been successful. No, totally, totally. So the Littles series did really good ratings for ABC as well. It, it offered a different take on little characters and the uh, production design and animation was pretty decent for its time. And it ran successfully on ABC for three seasons. And in 1985, now this is something else that got by me. Uh, uh, did you know that there was a uh, 1985 a movie? animated feature? Yeah, I'm the one that told you, dude. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I knew I got that information from somebody. Uh, this, this guy. This guy right here. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Yeah. Uh, it was, it oh, was wow. one of those. Uh, we, uh, yeah, you know, Dad, Saturday evening. You know, get the kids in the van. Mm-hmm. Let's go see. I don't know the littles. No, and well, when you hadn't heard of it, I thought maybe you know I've I've uh, I've suffered maybe a few concussions in my life. You know, I really started doubting myself. <laughs> I really was like, oh my god, did, was there a littles movie? Did you see that in a theater? Is it is everything a lie? <laughs> As I stated, I was dipping in and out. So no, you're good. Um, you're good. <laughs> 
in the eighties, you know, um, I was watching Saturday morning and I sort of wasn't watching right. it, you know, so that was another one that got by me, but I, I, the episodes that I did see of the littles, I thought was really, really good. So, and I thought it was a pretty faithful adaption of, of the books. Okay. And I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the snorks. Oh my gosh. Didn't, I mean, we could do have, we can do half an episode about the snorks. <laughs> the snorks this is one of those ones where you know you saw it i saw it it's on everyone's you know passive radar but there's way more going on with the snorks than we would have been led to believe in terms of its popularity yes and so full disclosure when i first saw the snorks I was accusing Hanna-Barbera of trying to rip off the Smurfs. I I think that's natural. I think a lot of people did. When I was talking to someone, one of my colleagues at work about that, we were going to talk about the Smurf syndrome, a tiny trend, you know, for the podcast, my colleague immediately said, yeah, well, the Snorks were a ripoff of the Smurfs. And we started laughing. And I says, well, I've been digging around. Ah. It turns out... (laughs) Is not exactly a ripoff of the Smurfs. And so there's some interesting history there. And so earlier we talked about how Freddie and Peo got into this whole big legal dispute. I don't know who won the legal dispute, but Freddie decided to look for a franchise that would be much more popular than the Smurfs franchise. And so he went back to the comic book company that owned the Smurfs comic book franchise and soon discovered the Snorks comic book, Mm. which was published around January of 1982. And all of a sudden you have this other franchise that features little characters Mm. that are cutesy. Right. And they live underwater. And in terms of ripping off at least the American property of the Smurfs, chronologically, that's not possible. Right. So this book shows up in 1982, created by a guy named Nick Broca. You know, he created the designs and the stories and Freddie Monica Dam. Monica (laughs) Dam. Yeah, yeah, right. Monica Dam. Freddie. Good old Freddie. Okay, let's just say Freddie. Freddie. Freddie, okay, if y'all don't know who we're talking about by now. <laughs> yeah, right. We're talking about Freddie M. Why don't we just say Freddy that? M. Right, <laughs> until we get the French uh, translator in. Yeah. After battling with Peo in the court, you know, of course, he searched for a series and he found the Snorks. And he acquired the Snorks rights from the creator, Nick Broca. And they started a partnership with Hanna-Barbera for the production of the new series. Right. And supposedly a three-minute snork pilot episode was made. Just a brief history about pilots on Saturday morning. It didn't happen a lot. And a lot of times the studios had to make the pilot at their own expense. Right. So it wasn't like the networks would negotiate to pay for the pilot. Right. They would order it and pay for it like it is, which happens normally. So a lot of times back in those days, if you really wanted to sell the show, if you were really behind the project a studio would make its own pilot as, a, I guess, a goodwill or a way to kind of make that sale to the network happen. Right. And I, don't, I, and I feel like that was never done for the Smurfs. It was almost like maybe NBC was like, eh, you know, I don't know about this Snork series. Right. 
<laughs> and they shot back and said, well, let's make a pilot. We'll show you. And of course, as we all know, the Snorks also became a huge hit. It ran for many years from 1984 to 1989 yeah. and had like about 65 episodes. Now that we know a little bit of the background between the creators and some of the legal issues, I always wondered why there wasn't a Smurf Snork crossover. Well, and I- <laughs> you would think so. It would, it would make sense. However, right. the Snorks, yeah, they had first been created for a, a comic book, Spirou et Fantasio. Again, we're going to have somebody come in and translate for us. Spirou et Fantasio. They think that the Snorks is also from the same... Like Fran- France, Belgium. France, Belgium. Yeah, right. Area. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's the same publishing home as the Snorks. Right. So we, we know that the Snorks wouldn't have, at least wouldn't have ripped off the American Smurfs. Now, you know, did, did they borrow from the borrowers in terms of concept? Did they read the Littles? Did, were they familiar with the 60s and 50s Smurfs? Who knows? The The interesting thing is that our... our uh, our man Freddy here, his motivation to get the Snorks going was in part fueled by the battle he had with Peo right. and a lot of the court stuff. There was uh, there was some haterade going on. Oh, definitely. From our man Freddy to to compete directly with the Smurfs. Right, and you know. <laughs> Funny if he had if he had a relationship with the other networks, I'm sure. But Hanna Barbera had the relationship, but I guess it was probably an easier sell to put the Snorks on NBC versus another channel, right? Or, or who knows? Maybe it did get shopped around. But the fact that they made the three minute pilot for NBC kind of tells me that NBC was the only player or network involved, right, in creating the Snorks series. It's just kind of crazy because. If Freddie had come out better or wasn't fighting with Peo in, in the courtroom, there may not have been a Snork series. Yeah, right. At all. Right. It goes both ways. Had they had they not been feuding either, you could have had almost a shared universe kind of concept going on. Right. On the other hand, right. if it weren't for the feud, Monica Dam may not have uh, needed or cared to, <laughs> you know, not only go for another project, but to go for that project to Go for this. Right, right. You know, because the Snorks was different enough, even though they used the word Snork for everything right. in the language, like the Smurfs used the word Smurf. Yes, they did. They, they would say something like, oh, he's so Smurfy, or, and the Snorks would say, I'm going to Snork out of here, yeah, or something right. like that. Using the those words in the language was similar, but, you know, the Snorks had a, dis- they, all the characters had distinct personalities there wasn't a brainy snore they weren't or a... they weren't tropes they weren't exactly. they weren't two to you know very cut and dry archetypes you know they were they were actually mm-hmm. full-fledged characters who had proper names if i'm not right. mistaken not uh hey what are you all about okay well that's your name what's my last name it's smurf dude it's all smurf and then there's Smurfette, and that brings up a whole biology question that I'm sure. Go watch a Kevin Smith movie. He'll, he'll. I think he talks about that. Well, yeah, I think Smurfette was created by Gargamel to trick the Smurfs somehow. What? Um, if, if I'm, if I re- recall correctly, yeah. Really? And then somewhere in between, I think Papa Smurf used his magic to make her into like a, a regular 
Smurf. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. What season? How she, early was that? I, I think I believe it's season one, and she has black hair. Oh, I in the remember. original, like black stringy hair. Right. Gargamel and Azrael. Yeah. You know the cat. They reminded me of Dick Dastardly and Mother. Oh no, totally, totally. <laughs> and then, and then in later seasons, like his his punk nephew comes to stay with him. Oh, I forgot about that storyline. Yeah. Wow, yeah, there's that dude, oh, brother. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I guess that's when the series jumped to shark. You know, anytime a nephew shows up. No, no, dude. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> He, you know, he comes from a troubled home. He's got an edge, you know. Yeah, He's, he yeah, has too much hair yeah. in the front, and maybe maybe owns a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Smurfette uh, wasn't always just there, right? Oh, wow. Right. And I'm not even going to get into Baby Smurf now. You talk about biology. Oh well. Not, I, <laughs> you want to talk about? You, I think, dude, you talk Baby Smurf. I'll talk what Pappy Smurf. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then of course there's the infamous Smurfs zombie episode. One Smurf is biting another Smurf, and that's oh, I remember that. Yes. And I know that people who remember that episode said that episode actually scared. Dude, that scared me. That unnerved me as a kid. (laughs) Well, the story of the Smurf zombie episode, which is actually called the Purple Smurf, starts out when one of the Smurfs gets bit in the tail by a purple bug. Right. And I believe it's based on an earlier story called The Black Smurfs, which was also part of that compilation of animated shorts from 1965. Right, where they took the older, where the older incarnation of the show in Belgium took the shorts that they had and then compiled them all into a movie, so to speak. Right. And so uh, there were, a decision was made for the Smurfs not to necessarily be black for the American version, but to turn them purple. Right. You know, maybe because to turn the Smurfs characters black might have been seen as something uh, as, as, racial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as, 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 <laughs> Help me out here. As, as, as the industry <laughs> would say, uh, racially insensitive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So let's make them purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make them purple. I was going to say, I have a cousin that's purple, and uh, they oh. were not happy with that episode <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could only imagine, yeah. you know, that like, wow, why does the purple Smurfs have to be zombies? Yeah, right? <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. That uh-huh. that was, uh, I totally forgot about that episode. I have to go back and watch that. Yeah. Some, some of the writers yeah, were... were Getting getting their zombie on, watching like oh, went out and picked up a copy of Dawn of the Dead, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy. It was, dude. No, then they were full on biting each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think I think the biting took place off screen, but still, it was just a thought, right? That you know, there was some serious Dawn of the Dead and and Walking Dead business going on in a Saturday morning no, show. No, totally. It would, what unnerved me about it. Gosh, I'm trying to think if that was if that was one of the first times that I processed the concept of of losing your autonomy as you know as as a horror genre theme and consequence. If that makes sense, the zombie thing. You get bit yeah. by a zombie, you effectively right. you are no longer you. Yet there you are. Right. You know the 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 complete destruction of self, and yet the body remains. That scared the. That's the, no. That episode. That dude. That episode was 
I mean, I'm lost for words. I'm thinking you've, you, it's almost like you unlocked a, an old trauma, Mark. Yeah, Dan, I got yeah. you, man. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, dude. Not, not cool. Not cool. Yeah. I mean, well. you, it's, it's a first, you know, uh, <laughs> someone, someone hurt me with Smurfs and it was you. <laughs> Never thought. Hey, you know, you're the only one here. Who else am I gonna, you yeah, know, right? uh, try to uh, punk or have some fun? Get, get, with, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Punk him with Smurfs. You never, you never, you never. It's one of those days that you never thought would come. Right, uh, right. Yeah, thanks. Oh my god. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Maybe- friend. <laughs> thanks, friend. Appreciate. Maybe the whole purple episode was a huge punk episode. Of the Smurfs, you know, maybe when they decided to do this episode, the folks at Hanna-Barbera were thinking, oh, wow, this will really get the kids. Yeah. How many kids can we make cry over this one? Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, animators are notorious for trying to play practical jokes on on the screen. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, just to see how much they can get away with. There's an infamous story of the Batman cartoon that was running on CBS and someone decided to paint an ABC logo on the billboard. <laughs> in the <episode. laughs> so they were trolling ABC. Right. Yeah, no, they were ahead of their uh, the zombie trend. That would take another, what, 30 years and like the walking dead to get to, to, to make that a real, real thing. Yeah. So uh, that was, uh, that was a crazy one. That one. I remember just, you know, Hmm. Well, they got away with that one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network. My book covers the Big Bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com and I will ship you a signed copy. I want to know everything you know about Jabberjaw. <laughs> like wh- what? Why? Okay, you asked for it. Okay, well let's let's. I mean, <laughs> all right, maybe I should be more. Uh, I mean, I can I can tell you, Jabberjaw is one of my favorite cartoons. And, jab, 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 Jabberjaw. And what I like about it is. It's a Joe Ruby and Ken Spears production. Right, right. And Joe Ruby and Ken Spears are like my favorite writers, producers, directors, editors, if you go back to the Hanna-Barbera, old Hanna-Barbera days. So essentially what they did with Jabberjaw was it's sort of like Josie and the Pussycats. Okay, hold on. If I can, oh. Can, can, I, can I flex my 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 see if I see if I've been paying attention? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've got Curly, right from Three Stooges as a shark. Yes, jo- I was totally going to say Josie and the Pussycats, all the way down to uh, uh, a, a jealous manager, right? Well, or, or kind of a kind of a manager, or well, no, there's no manager on Jabba. Black hair with the white streak through her hair. Well, so there's Shelly. Right. Who is the lead singer? She's of, in the band. She's in the band. So, so, so put right. it this way: it's sort of like 
Alexandra uh-huh. is now the lead okay. of the band. Got it, got it, got so it. So Shelly has sort of like Alexandra's personality, but she doesn't have to be as mean because she's gotten what she wanted. She is now... She leads the band. She leads the band. And it's in space. And it's in space. And it's in space. It's in the Jetsons timeline, even though you don't see the Jetsons. All right, hold up. <laughs> uh well, same universe as the Jetsons. Yeah, same universe as the Jetsons, although the Jetsons don't show up. You're telling me it's the same universe. Right. So Rickety Rocket also was in the Jetsons universe as well. Rickety Rocket was also Ruby Spears production that was part of the uh, Plastic Man series. It was one of the elements that ran in Plastic Man. And uh, oh. Rickety Rocket was sort of like Fat Albert meets Scooby-Doo, but operating in the Jetsons timeline. Right. And... Uh, all the ships and all the technology that exists in the same. Jetsons yeah, timeline you know, right. is in the same in, as in Jabberjaw right. okay. and in Rickety Rocket, except that the Jetsons are not there. And why not? Why couldn't there be other stories that took place in the Jetsons no, timeline exactly. without having to mention the Jetsons? It's like it's like it's like Rogue One, a Jabberjaw story. <laughs> yeah, and no, I dig it. Exactly. I dig it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. But okay. what I loved, what I loved about that show was that right, they took the shark, and you know, Jaws was out at the time too, right. so sharks were very, very popular. Right. And put them in the band, and like I said, instead of Josie being the leader of the band, you had an Alexandra type named Shelly. Yeah. And then you right. also had a Melody type. Right. A sidekick to Shelly who right. was, um, her name was Bubbles. Right. And Bubbles was sort of like Melanie. She would say funny and bubbly things that didn't make any sense, but it also made you say, it's a good thing you're cute. Right. And kind of put them with, it could have been Fred. It's Betty White. Or, like Betty White. Or, Right, exactly. Yes, yeah, Bubbles was definitely Betty White. Bubbles was definitely Betty White. Yeah, and um, <laughs> you know, kind of ditzy right. and funny, and probably got the best lines on the show. Right. And then you had the Shaggy character because there's always a Shaggy on all of these shows. I mean, you gotta be. And, and this dude looked like he could have been related to Shaggy or even. He would have been Shaggy's like great, 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 great grandson. Right, exactly. Since yeah. the story takes place in the in future. In the future, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and right. And you, always he, gotta have a, you always have to have a, like a stoner. You always right. gotta be that beatnik, like, like Maynard Krebs without the guidance of Dobie Gillis. Type 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 character, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. And then you had your Fred character, this, Narc. His hair Narc. was darker, <laughs> but he wasn't blonde like Fred. But he had right. Fred's personality or Alan's personality from Josie. Right. So it was almost like they took Fred and Shaggy right. and put them with Alexandra and Melody. And instead of a Scooby or Sebastian, you had Jabba. It's Curly, Jabba the form of a shark, Curly. In, in the future. <laughs> right. Who gets no respect. No Dude, respect. No, no respect. Oh, dude, they were, uh, yeah. and, and then Jabba yeah. had a crush on Shelly, which I thought was interesting, too. And so it was almost like her character was being, well, Jabba wasn't stalking her, but she was constantly having to reject his advances. Right. Which I also thought was a kind of interesting twist. And then it was always the the music and the chase. Right. And the villains. Right. I feel like Joe Ruby and Ken Spears really, really loved working on Josie and the Pussycats. And I think 
It represents some of their best writing. They were story editors, but they had a staff of really good gag writers that right. worked on that show. Right. And I thought Jabba Jaw was a cool way to kind of bring in what they liked about Josie and put it in Jabba Jaw. But it's still a completely different show and a completely different perspective. And it still works. Where comedy and commentary collide. Thunder Talk brings a unique variety show style twist to the fandom podcast genre. We drop music from some of today's hottest up and coming artists. We discuss topics of social and political relevance and deliver our sideways take on the world at large. If stand up comedy, NPR, the Millennium Falcon, and classic MTV had a baby, it would be Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is part of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and on all podcasting platforms. Yeah, so the whole tiny trend was very interesting and just opened up the door for more cutesy characters to show up on Saturday morning television. We talked about the Smurfs, the Littles, the Snorks, the Borrowers, and there was more that actually happened, but we will probably revisit that trend in a future episode of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. I hope that you enjoyed listening to Dan, Clink, and myself talk about and keep each other honest about the tiny syndrome. Right. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up and hopefully we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, what Mark said. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a co-production of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives studios and the Weirdos Workshop. To get a personalized signed copy of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives book, go to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com. This is Mark McRae signing off. <laughs>